HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And today, you might be hearing a little background noise that sounds familiar, but maybe you can't quite place it. Maybe it sounds like glasses clinking and people talking and pizza. Maybe it's the sound of the Heritage Radio Network studio inside Roberta's Pizza, which if you have been a faithful listener all these years, you might remember it. And today, episode 291 in May of 2023, we're back in the Roberta's studio. I am over the moon ecstatic to be sitting here eating pizza with my first two guests back in studio after remote recording with Armin still, who listeners at home don't really hear him that much, but he is my engineer when we are working remotely. And today is the first I've ever seen him in real life, even though we've been working together for <laughs> two years. Yeah. Wow. It's been is that right, Armin? Years, yeah. yeah, I do exist. I'm real. Well, I knew you were real because I could hear you and you were making the show. And so, you know, you were like the magic engineering elf somewhere in the Heritage Radio universe. But now you're an actual person. And now that people hear his voice, I've been listening to his voice for a while. Um, and we've only ever had maybe one or two Zoom calls or FaceTime. So even seeing you visually is few and far between. Yeah, I've, uh, I actually, if you had seen me a couple of weeks ago, I would have looked completely different because I used to have hair down to my shoulders. Oh my goodness. Okay, so we have the summer, the summer crew cut version. Yeah, summer Armin coming in. Mm -hmm. Also, for, you know, just as a fun side note, he's much taller than I thought he was going to be. <laughs> you know, this is the second time I think on air that somebody has said that about me, even on air. You have a very tall voice. I thought I had like a short voice. If you thought no, that no. I was, well, hmm. you have maybe mid-sized voice, and mid you're a tall person. Gotcha. <laughs> so we are here. We are inside Roberta's. We are ecstatic. We are happy to be back. Um, 
prior to the pandemic and prior to episode 200, my hard fast rule for Tech Bytes was I only did studio episodes because I liked being with the people, even though a podcast is auditory and you just listen to it and you really don't see people. Um, having that interaction of being able to look at people and, you know, smile and laugh and, of course, beer and pizza completely help make a conversation more engaging. And then the pandemic happened and I only had people remotely. So that was interesting. That was an interesting pivot. I was grateful to have remote recording for the past couple of years. And what that did is that allowed me to open it up to people who were in different countries and really, really far away. But now that the studio is open and we're back, I, I might really just go back to in-person because we haven't even had a conversation yet, although we did a little bit before because we are eating pizza um, and some of us are drinking beer. Oh, I, I'm, I'm completely enthralled and back in the live studio mode. So I definitely think for the summer, we're going to be in studio. If you are interested in coming on Tech Bites. Get ready to take that L train because we're in Bushwick for the summer. So today, um, ecstatic to have this as a topic on the show. It's a lot of fun. It's perfect for summer. And this is the episode back in studio. So it's a, it's a milestone. It's definitely a milestone. We're doing food truck tech today, which is fun. We're doing an ice cream truck tech scream truck which is a perfect also lead-in for summer just all coming together this show is like a perfect storm <laughs> of everything that is wonderful in the world and on tech bites so we have joining us today eric murphy who is the ceo and founder of scream truck which is ice cream truck on demand is really i think the way to describe it eric thank you for joining us thanks for having me and Little known fact, which you may decipher later, Eric was a radio DJ. We're hoping we're hoping to get we're hoping to get um, radio voice. At some I'll point. I'll do my best. Okay, I'll deepen it. Okay, the DJ never goes Throaty. away. It's there. Yeah, it's hiding there. within. It's not a DJ voice. It's my voice, and I'm a DJ. Different. It's situational. It's your exactly. voice, just situationally. Different levels different of levels, projection. Octaves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have a, like a, a mixer in your mind of of situations like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mix my voice and modulate my voice to this range for this experience. Sometimes, I'm very aware of voice, pitch, tone, you know, octave, uh, just the whole vocal thing, whether it's music or whether it's voice, like a DJ. You're, you're very keen to it. So when you listen to the radio, you listen for very specific things that most people don't notice. We'll talk more about that maybe when we're not recording, because I have questions about listening to podcasts and people's voices and things mm. like that. But I don't want to get off topic too much because we're not going to have enough time to talk about all the things we want to talk about while we're eating pizza, because pizza will definitely slow us down a little bit. Eric created Scream Truck, which is ice cream truck on demand, which means you can have an ice cream truck, you know, in your driveway if you want one, pull up to your school, your office, tailgate, you know, park. We could probably have it pull up to the tiki bar at Roberta's, wherever <laughs> you want. You know, it's ice cream, it's soft serve, it's vanilla and chocolate and a swirl. It's fantastic. But Eric wanted to do something a little bit different beyond 
you know, just the idea of great ice cream on demand. He wanted to have a truck that was going to be more environmentally friendly for the planet and also for the people working in the truck. Working in a food truck is pretty hard duty. And if you're doing it while you're potentially getting carbon monoxide poisoning (laughs) is maybe hazard pay that you don't really want. So he was looking for a way to solve that problem, but still have a lot of energy because ice cream machines take a lot of energy. It needs to be cold. Yep. You got to run the truck and all that kind of stuff. So Eric, tell us, you had the idea, ice cream on demand, amazing. And then tell us how you started to try and solve the energy, CO2, environmental, good for the employee problem question. It was actually really tough. I had a lot of conversations with a lot of different companies, some of them big, some of them small. Any um, any brand names? Um, Panasonic, I talked to directly. Uh, one of our investors actually is one of the biggest investors with Tesla. So we've spoken to some people at Tesla. It's not Tesla is a hard one to say we actually pursued because it really wasn't it just they don't have the product that we would need to do it. So we spoke to them more for reference and kind of knowledge of what we actually needed. But I would say I spoke to probably 10 different companies, um, some of them multiple times trying to come up with a solution for a battery powered kitchen. Um, as you said, we take a lot of power. Our ice cream machine is 60 amps and it, it has a lot of when it when it first comes on or it's cycling on, it pulls a lot of power. So it's not like we're just having you know, a little Honda generator in the corner of our truck. We have a 30 kilowatt diesel gas generator in these trucks. So that amount of power, in addition to the length of time we need to be out on the road, we, don't, we can't come back and recharge. We need to have power that lasts all day long. That combination was, was just really hard to find. So I, I actually, I'm not sure how I came across Jewel Case. I, I think I was just researching one day and, and found you guys online, but I reached out to Justin and asked him about the company and what they're doing and told him about our needs and said, you know, I can't find anyone who can do this. And literally he's like, oh, that's no problem. We, we, we have that. There's an app yeah. for that. Oh, yeah, we can do that. So and Justin, I, I, I didn't believe him, actually. I was like, okay, no, really. He's like, no, I'm serious. We can, we can definitely do this. Do you believe me now? I do. I do. I believe <laughs> you now. <laughs> so Justin is from a company called Jewel Case, and it turns out that's all he does is, I'm going to call them green batteries, for lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, how would you describe the batteries at Jewel Case? Well, I mean, Jewel Case was founded with the purpose of power where you need it in high power situations such as Eric's where, you know, when we say high power, we mean actual amps and voltage, not like this is a high powered (laughs) studio. This is a high powered lunch table. Correct. Yeah. Amps, wattage, uh, energy specifically. Got a good analogy for that later uh, around Formula One. But uh, yeah, power where you need it, energy where you need it. And really a battery is an energy storage system. So however you get energy, it has to be stored somewhere and then um, used at a different place potentially. In the case of a food truck or ice cream truck in Eric's case, uh, you've got this heavy equipment that is meant for a commercial kitchen or meant for a brick and mortar establishment. And uh, there's really no way to deploy that without a huge generator that sucks a bunch of of, uh, carbon, CO2 burning, uh, polluting fuel. So I think it's something like 22 
pounds of carbon for every gallon of diesel fuel that you burn. And one of those things, I think Eric was burning him something like, uh, what, what were you going to, 12 gallons a day per truck or something? Yeah, probably like 12. So going through roughly what a ridiculous amount of carbon. So when you think about what that does to the workers on the, the truck um, that are around that all day, every day, not just from a smelling and health hazard perspective, but also from a um, uh, sound Mm-hmm. sound pollution from a uh, standpoint of having to mix fuel with food, probably not a good mixture. Um, and, and also looking at uh, the costs, they're expensive, they break down. And, and frankly, there's a livelihood here. So really, our company was based on on this energy storage system that could provide high power energy where you need it in any particular application. So however, that's charged by the sun or hydro or the grid, even, um, we're able to harness that energy and then deploy it when needed in the field. And it's modular, which is one of the most important things because with the generator, the gas generator, if that goes down, you have to take that entire generator out and to fix it because it's basically installed into the truck. So to get to all the parts, you have to take that entire thing out. In this case, if a battery happened to go bad or an inverter went bad, you can basically hot swap that. You pop one out and pop another one in and you're good to go. Like batteries. Exactly. So um, just like batteries. So just really big ones. Yeah, just really big ones and heavy ones. So that that made a huge difference as well. So Jewel Case had already been working in the food truck portable kitchen space before. So for you, the ask was not too outlandish or crazy. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, obviously, Eric hadn't found us yet. And I'm, we're glad you did. Um, but that's one of the common things we get day to day. Coffee trucks use a significant amount of energy as well. The opposite end of the equation. Ice cream needs to be super cold. Coffee is yeah, super hot. a lot of hot. Yeah, and there's pressure and water pressure and things that uh, when you're making espresso, espresso poles, exactly. And everything. The grinders take a lot of energy. Um, panini presses take a lot of energy. Mm. Um, so you're heating again, heating and that uh, constant cooling compressors kicking on. So um, what we had found is that there hadn't been a scenario that we couldn't solve for. We weren't originally built for ice cream trucks and coffee trucks and food trucks. We were actually uh, designed originally for the automotive industry uh, back in the 2008 era. Uh, We had a a big uh, billion dollar contract with the government of Spain to replace uh, their entire taxi fleet with electric, uh, what we call the blade system. Unfortunately, 2008, the government apparently had a little financial problem and that contract got canceled. So our founders went a different direction, uh, ultimately getting into the events and music festival space, doing things with Coachella, doing stuff with Live Nation, Insomniac, Burning Man, things of that nature. Also, actually power. a lot of energy required. Tons. And, and music equipment, lighting, air conditioning. Sensitive yep. equipment too, very sensitive equipment. And it's one of those situations where it cannot fail. It has to work. There are tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people counting on it, millions of dollars at stake. And it has to work. And so when we're engineered for that type of scenario, uh, and so looking at a, a food truck or a coffee truck or an ice cream truck, really, yeah, of course, no problem. That's, that's easy. Now, we actually stumbled into that line of, of uh, business because we were at a concert uh, in the Pacific Northwest, and our two founders were actually lugging a couple of these heavy batteries around the, uh, the premises to power the main stage and the lights and the sound. And uh, there was a coffee truck vendor that happened to be there. Uh, his name's Sid. And he happened to see our founders and said, what are those big things you're lugging around? He said, oh, we're powering the stage. These are batteries. And he said, that's crazy. Do you think you could do that for, for my coffee truck? And I said, yeah, we'll come take a look. Let's see what we can do. And he said, I've been trying to figure this out forever. 
I didn't think it was possible to power all this heavy equipment with a battery. I thought it was, I've been trying this for years and we, we came up with a solution for it. So we have patented technology modularity that allows us to be able to um, do the right size of energy and power. And those are just two different things there with power and energy to size for the specific need of the truck, whether it's a huge truck like, like Eric's uh, that pulls, I think 96,000 watt hours of energy a day. Uh, I think something like 36,000 KVA peak is somewhere we're at huge, huge amount. Uh, and I'm not the engineer for full disclosure. Um, or it's, it's something smaller with like a New York city street vendor that uses a much smaller generator and can get away with a, a, a tiny system. that doesn't cost too much. What is the difference between power and energy? Because they seem almost the same thing to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, one of the in, ways in I like the to... Battery, in the battery world. Yeah, so, so our systems are comprised of two things. You've essentially got a, a control module uh, and inverter piece, that, that component there, and you've got a battery station. So the control module inverter is what handles your peak power. So the way I like to think of that is, is if you had a race car. So if you watch Form F1, you watch Drive to Survive on Netflix... Uh, Love like, F1. Perfect. So you, you would get this really well. So those cars have about, I think, 850 horsepower, roughly, of internal combustion engine uh, in their, at their wheels. So think of the inverter control module as horsepower. It's the torque. It's what delivers the power to the wheels. That's what makes the thing get up and move. However, in order to get the, that power there, you have to have a thing called fuel. And of course, in Formula One, I think they get like 36-ish gallons of, of fuel, and they can't pit. They have to go on the track and finish the entire race without having a pit stop. If they can pit, they just can't refuel, right? So think of the battery station as fuel, and that's what gets you around the track for the duration that you need. So what we do is we pair our control module inverter system that we program specifically and our patented technology and our battery stations in the right size and flavor to fit the specific application. How long does that food truck want to need to operate? What kind of equipment are they operating? What kind of horsepower do they have? To handle and so we're able to dynamically size these systems to literally meet the most demanding high power and high energy need uh applications down to something really uh, simple yeah so basically if you need more power you get more inverters if you need a longer a longer duration of power you get more batteries yeah got it now how has the battery power changed the scream truck because you started with a generator. Yes. So all of our, we have 10 trucks and we started with all generators. Um, our ninth truck, we just launched last month. And that was the first truck we have the jewel case battery powered generator. Um, all trucks going forward will have that. We're also going to be electric with the truck itself by early next year. Um, but the way it's changed for us is more than anything, those generators are a nightmare to deal with because there are two different sides to those generators. One is the mechanical side that you would get like an auto mechanic to work on. The other is the electrical side. And most people don't work on both of those sides. So to get those generators repaired is really difficult and it takes a long time. Um, as I mentioned before, you have to take the entire generator out to be able to repair it. So that's obviously a huge feat. These things are 1,200 pounds. Um, and then just from a, you know, as silly as it sounds, people forgetting to put gas in the generator and it running out halfway through the day and then being late for the rest of the day because they ran out of gas. Um, and then the obvious ones, which is the experience for the employees and also the experience for the customer. No noise. Um, the fumes you know, are non-existent now. So obviously our trucks are off and we're at an event. There's no noise, no fumes. 
it's a completely different experience. You go to a food truck festival and you have all these food trucks idling generators. It's like overwhelming gas fumes in your face the whole time. And it's no different. If you have the wind, you know, going a certain direction, if you're standing in front of the ice cream truck and you're getting your ice cream and there's, you know, diesel fumes blowing in your face, not a great experience. So yeah, and they, really bad experience for the, your staff that works there all day. That was, yep. And that's the other thing that, you know, the, even though the generator is enclosed and it's outside of the kitchen of the truck, um, you're still getting the heat from that generator and you're still getting fumes from that generator coming in through, you know, multiple places on the truck. So, you know, we didn't have any severe cases where people were, you know, passing out or, or anything like that, but obviously not a great situation to be in and not a comfortable situation to be in when you're on a truck all day long and you're smelling that smell and and then the noise pollution as well it's loud so you're in that truck and you're just having that vibration and that noise all day is is very irritating uh, you know that's something we don't often think about and certainly the food truck festival example that you gave i'm thinking also of the street fairs in new york city where mm -hmm. you know they close off the streets and it's fun and you walk around and it's it's a similar thing tailgating all that but for the employees, you know, I can't imagine in some days what it would be like standing. Well, in especially a like on a, like that yeah, on a, a hot, hot day. summer day when it's 90, 100 degrees out, it's it's brutal. So it makes it's it's, you know, our team is the people are so excited about this first truck that we launched. And everyone wants to have that truck each day because <laughs> it's the it's the you know latest and greatest and doesn't have the gas generator. Um and I think the last thing I'll say is just from an operational standpoint, the uptime of our trucks, as Justin mentioned, like our uptime, the ability to serve our customers, the ability to do our events is everything. So if we're out for a week because our generator's down, we lose a lot of money. And yeah. if we, you know, these, if something happens to one of these batteries or an inverter, like I said, we can swap that out in probably an hour. So much different in terms of we, we probably lost I don't know, twenty or thirty thousand dollars last year just from generator failures. Yep, and then on top of that, you know the 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 repair. So the repair itself is just it's very difficult, and and a lot of the people that work on them don't even really know that much about them. They're sort of like they do something else, but they repair generators kind of on the side. So. They can, you know, once one breaks. Generator repair is side hustle? I guess so, yes. Okay. Yes. That's that's new to me, but yeah. okay. They, it's it's hard to find the people to fix them. And then when you do, it just takes a long time and it's, 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 it's a nightmare. So this has been a game changer for us, no doubt. When you, when you look at that workflow too, of, of how it shifted just from, obviously the repair side is one part, but also the, um, the workflow of using it on a day-to-day -day basis. When you go into the truck, um, you're not thinking about starting a generator and hearing that and doing the, the whole, there's a whole process to starting and running a generator, fueling the generator, doing all that work where you're mixing fuel with food. Yeah. Not usually a great idea. Um, but the way I like it is I, I came in from, from Austin, Texas last night, flew to JFK, got to my hotel, 1130. And, you know, first thing when I walk into the room, it's dark. What do I do? I hit the light switch. Really simple, right? Yeah. It just works. I didn't hear it. I didn't have to pull anything. I didn't have to start something up. I didn't have to fuel it. I didn't see it. I didn't smell it. I didn't hear it. It just worked. And that's what we're doing with, you know, Eric's truck and, and other trucks is making it where it's easy for the operator, which a lot of times isn't the owner. A lot of times it's, um, you know, you, 
some of these operators who have smaller generators, because they're not all these 30, you know, these huge, huge things like um, air cap that are 1,200 pounds. Some are 100 pounds, 200 pounds. And you have a mom and pop shop who are maybe in retirement and they're carrying this generator in and out of their truck. It's not hard mounted and they have to place it 15 feet away to keep it safe. And it weighs a couple hundred pounds. And they're probably carrying a gas. Five gallon gas yeah. across the, the, the field. And so now they're doing all these things just to make their power work. And now they've got to get there an hour in advance to turn it on, to utilize it, to cool their food down. Well, when you have a battery operated system that you can just turn on in the morning, well, when you leave to drive to where you're going, you can actually have the whole system running while you drive. In other words, no food waste. You don't have to waste that hour of time setting up yep. uh, when you get there. So now all of a sudden you're more efficient. You can serve more people. Uh, I'll have to tell you a little later, we have a great use case. We helped out the Auburn School District in Seattle area with a similar situation. But uh, I'll, I'll pause there because I don't want to. Okay, we can pause. We can pause and, and go to a commercial break. And I would really love if Eric would take us to commercial with his official What do I say? TK Is there a voice. script? No, I mean, we're Tech Bytes on Heritage Radio Network. We're taking a break. We'll come back. Don't leave us. That's I don't know. Pizza. Um, all right, let me think. Off the fly. Tell a joke, Justin, or something. So <laughs> I can get this. You're listening to this. Heritage Radio Network, Tech Bytes. We'll there see we you go. in two. All right, so he gets the radio <laughs> okay. job. Wow. He gets it. He gets he the wins. radio job. That was a joke. The, uh, no, that, that was good. great. That oh, okay. sounded really good. I mean, I usually do something like, did you know Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit and we keep the lights on and the mics hot out of the generosity of our members, many of whom are listeners like you, grants and underwriters like this one. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. You are listening to Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today that intersection is at the HRN Studios in Roberta's Pizza. We are back in studio the only thing we're missing is live. We used to be broadcast live. Now we're live to tape, <laughs> but we're back. This is a fantastic show on a beautiful May day. Pizza people, great conversation. We are talking with Eric Murphy, CEO and founder of Scream Truck, which is ice cream truck on demand. Eric, if people want an ice cream truck on demand, how do they find you? So we actually created a software platform that's a notification-based on-demand model. What that means is you sign up on our website, we text you anytime we're coming to your neighborhood, and then you can reserve a stop at your house 
that day within an hour window. So we might say, hey, Jennifer, Scream Truck will be in your neighborhood today between six and seven. Reply why to reserve a stop at your house. You reply why. This is all text message. Um, don't have to download an app. You reply why. Um, we put you on the route and you're sent an order link and you pre-order and prepay for everything. And then the truck is efficiently routed through a smaller area. We break all these towns up into individual neighborhoods. So the truck is is navigating through a very small area so we can hit around 12 stops an hour. So we pull up, you come out, we make everything fresh right in front of you. Um, we have, you know, cones, cups, sundaes, shakes, non-dairy ice cream, all natural fresh fruit bars. So whatever you order, we prepare it and we, we give it to you right there. And our trucks have music playing. We have an, a killer sound system on the trucks. What kind of music? Are you, You're not playing the song, the ice cream truck no, song, no, no, are no, you? No, 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 no. Not that. I don't I don't know that I would be mad at that though. I mean no. there's something really iconic about that sound, that song. Has there, there is, been a also remix something of really it? creepy about that sound? True, true. It depends on where you go with it. But yeah. ha- has there been a um like updated cool kid DJ version no. of the ice cream truck song? Somebody no. maybe needs to do that. Somebody did that recently and got there was a lot of controversy around it for some reason. I, it, there was some sort of threat of racism in Hmm. in the in the song the way that it was like what it was about i'll, I'll send you the article okay. i gotta find it but it was a okay. weird it was a weird thing that that wasn't taking the turn i thought it was going to I know, take it, when you started to retell the story it's strange but there was someone who did remix okay and there was like controversy around we it. need a clean version of that <laughs> yeah no our we're, music we're internet-based radio we don't fucking need a clean version. oh <laughs> yes um, no, our music is we create custom curated mixes that we play on the trucks. So mostly, you know, feel good pop music, dance music, um, all sorts of different genres. Are you making the mixes? Is this I, from your DJ days? I actually do make the mixes myself right okay. now. Um, but I'm not going to soon because I just don't have the time anymore, which is sad because I love doing it. But it's a lot of work because you're basically doing it in real time. You're creating an hour or two you don't have sort of like set lists that you can go through for the time of year or the season or time of day. Yeah, but like still a, it takes the time. If I'm creating a two-hour playlist, it takes two hours to create that playlist. So, because um, it's not like we're just oh, making Oh, so you're not playlist. doing like a playlist like no, in Spotify we're like mixing where you're it, just... Or like oh, beat mixing it. wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, a, like a DJ would mix it. Mm, yeah. That could be an opportunity for a collaboration. I ha- actually am working on one with a, a kid who I saw on TikTok that does weddings in dallas texas i'm sure a kid on tiktok is too expensive maybe <laughs> i hope not but this kid is ridiculous you need like an old school dj who just wants money and it'll be just like 250 dollars. that's something. true that's true the kid probably you know is like well i have 17 million followers yeah old man you gotta pay me yeah, i was in ibiza Possible. last week vegas next week i don't tiktok doesn't have to fans. go anywhere he's just in his bedroom <laughs> it's tiktok but he's being broadcast yeah exactly there, um, it's a DJ who did the song, the theme song for Tech Bytes. His name is DJ Uptown Nico. Ooh. He's a New York DJ. And um, the theme song to Tech Bytes was actually an accidental track. It's called Nomada CPU. <laughs> and it was something that got lost or repurposed and he found it and did oh, wow. something with it. And so that's our theme song. DJ. Did you get to choose from a bunch of different no, theme songs? At the, at the time, I had a producer. His name is Jack Inslee, and he is a DJ and plays and has a DJ collective um, called Full Service. They played at Bonnaroo and other music festivals, and he was the original producer and engineer on 
at Heritage Radio way back when. We're coming up on our 15th anniversary. Wow. So way back when, 15 years ago, um, Jack built uh, the studio. Uh, DJ Uptown Nico is part of his DJ collective, full service, ah, full cool. service radio. So he found it for me and it's Very perfect. Cool. It's the perfect thing. Anyway, we're really digressing. But, okay. <laughs> There's a lot involved in the on-demand ice cream world. It's an experience. It's completely experiential. Yes, yes. Where do people find you? Screamtruck.com. Yep. That's where you go to sign up for the Scream Truck yes. stop. Yes. Okay. And you are currently in New Jersey. Yes. We cover about 45 towns right now in, in New Jersey. Um, it's mostly Somerset, Morris, Union, and Essex counties. And we have, we're launching our 10th truck next year. I'm sorry, next month. And then we're actually franchising this year. So we will start expanding nationally in 2024. Fantastic. Now, we talked a little bit. I'm curious. Um, well, before we get to this, Justin, if people are interested in the batteries, how do they find Jewel Case? Uh, and is there like a plug and play option? Do you customize everything? Uh, there's a little bit of plug and play, but unfortunately, it's not as straightforward. It's basically what you're doing is you're essentially prepaying for fuel, if you will, on the batteries, right? So you have to th actually think about what type of equipment you're going to use and what your duration is. I mean, one of the, I guess, good and bad things is that uh, batteries are, uh, let's put it this way, generators are very inexpensive to buy and they're very expensive to operate uh, and maintain. Uh, whereas a battery system is unfortunately very expensive generally upfront to purchase. However, it, there is almost no operational cost or maintenance on it once you have it and they last much longer. So. Um, there's kind of the, the trade-off there, so there's a bit of a kind of a, a threshold that you get to on that. Um, so it is important to size those properly. You could just kind of pick any size, and yes, you could get something off the shelf. Um, but we find it's better to help um, you know, provide a service to our customers and help them determine what the right amount is so that they don't end up with too little and don't have the runtime they need or end up with too much and pay way too much. We, we so, paid too much. We, we overdid it purposefully because I didn't want to take the chance that we wouldn't have enough power. So we put in our initial truck, we did 16 batteries and four inverters. It is about double the cost of the generator, but we'll recoup that in a year. And after that, it's, it's so economical to run versus a gas powered diesel or a, a diesel gas powered generator. Um, you know, it will, over time, it will save us millions of dollars. So let's let's talk about the numbers a little specifically, just because I'm curious. The first numbers you mentioned earlier, Justin, about this the almost I'll call them environmental savings or environmental costs of going from mm -hmm. diesel to battery. So you mentioned some numbers about the amount of diesel fuel he was previously using in the generators and what that equated to in terms of CO two and things like that. What was that? What were those yeah, numbers? They actually just to their benefit or to their credit, I should say, they provided me with literally a spreadsheet breakdown of every piece of equipment on our truck, exactly how much power that equipment took to run, exactly wow. how much we were using, you know, how much it was costing us in gas and oil and repairs and maintenance, and then how much that exact power setup would cost using jewel case batteries and inverters. You are a Formula One kind of guy. No, it was really, it, again, <laughs> at that point- it's art I, and science. At that point, I, I still was like, this is like too good to be true. I don't think this is, I can't, I'm not buying into this yet. I was I was not convinced. It was but so good you were suspicious. I was, I really was suspicious. And, but, but 
you know, to their credit again, and him talking about coming up with the right solution and the right sizing and everything, like they know what they're doing. They, they're, you know, they have a team of engineers. They have uh, someone who was at Apple for 11 years doing, I guess, all the battery management. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, well, he was, he led the development of um, uh, the advanced battery modules for them and their power systems. And he was directly responsible for uh, designing uh, the designs that were in, put into over a billion Apple devices globally. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. We just we just take it for granted right now. But I remember back in was 2008 when the first mm-hmm. yeah 2007 came out. I think 2007 2008 and then it was before that the first iPod I remember that had the battery I actually have like, yeah. the original one yeah integrated into it yeah uh, unbelievable we don't even really think about it quite so much the thing that I thought about and we talked about this when we spoke before the show I think about those old school rechargeable batteries, mm. which I don't have anymore. Because mm-hmm. there aren't quite too many things that run on batteries they in never, my home they never anymore. Took off either. But I felt like that that at the at the time was the responsible thing to do in right. terms of the environment. Instead of throwing batteries away, yeah. never actually throw them away in the garbage. You have to take them to some place to get correct. recycled because there's terrible, terrible things in them. <laughs> it's very important. Very important. So when I say throw them away, I mean that almost like metaphorically. Responsibly dispose to, of. Yeah, exactly. Recycle. Thank you. Or upcycle in some cases. You would. Well. You had the bar plugged into the wall or the thing where you had all your batteries charging. So you had the reusable batteries. So mm-hmm. you weren't throwing the batteries away. You were re- using them over and over again. I think the only things now that require old-fashioned, I'm going to say old-fashioned, batteries are my smoke detectors yep those still require like the square nine volts and tv remote controls i was just gonna say that yeah you think they catch up on that one well they do you can do all the voice stuff i guess now they well, do I have, have an apple tv so i don't even use my regular tv remote and apple right. tv does have a little lithium-ion uh yeah on there yeah you can charge up your phone charger yeah exactly so walk us through some of the numbers just in broad strokes as relevant to the ice cream truck in terms of First, the environmental cost slash savings, depending on which side of the equation you're on. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, I mean, as, as Eric said, you know, we walked through this kind of spreadsheet. We call it a power needs analysis, and that allows us to um, model the exact needs of, of the particular application. And it's, it's varied. It's, it's a huge variance depending on what kind of operation you have. No two food trucks, ice cream trucks, coffee trucks are the same. Uh, we do have some pretty good averages and whatnot at this point because we've done so many of them. But uh, essentially, when you know the information of the equipment on there, how they're going to use it, uh, how, how long they plan to operate, we can start to put together these equations. And you know, ultimately, when you figure out something simple, which even doesn't take the equation, like Eric just telling me, yeah, I use about 12 gallons of gas a day. It costs me five bucks a gallon in Manhattan. So it's roughly 70 bucks a day is what I'm spending on gas. Great. That's one thing. That's the dollar's cost. But more importantly, what we like to look at, uh, you know, our uh, what we're after right now is Jewel Case as a company is we want to, we are on a mission to eliminate a billion pounds of CO2 over the next five years. How long does the world take to produce that billion pounds? A surprisingly short period of time. Um, so let me ask what that is question. Short, yeah, okay. Well, so to give I you an idea, short, to, to give you an idea, like it I'll, took 15 minutes for us to get a, our pizza, or like no, we're we got a long way to get there. It took a few months the, for us to be able to see the sky. The world can do it, produce that very quickly. Um, it's going to take a little work for us to get there, but it's a it's a big lofty goal that's worthwhile, and that's just the starting point. Uh, you have to start somewhere realistic, achievable, and time bound. You know, for uh, Eric's truck, for instance, he was burning about 12 gallons of gas. The I think it's the EPA says there's somewhere around 22.38 pounds of 
CO2 released for every gallon of diesel fuel consumed. Uh, if he's burning 12 gallons, do the math on that, multiply it by about 300 days a year in operation. If you operate more, um, change the number a little bit. But if it's that, my back of the napkin math says each truck would put about 80,000, a little over 80,000 pounds a year into, uh, into the environment. So 80,000 pounds times 10 trucks, 800,000 pounds every year. So it, it adds up very, very quickly. That's, that's what I mean, but that's one company. Uh, if we look at, uh, we were partnered up with a company, uh, an organization called the Street Vendor Project in, in New York, and they're trying to um, kind of change the way that all the street vendors in Manhattan operate. Right now, most of them operate on these little combustible combustion yeah. engines. Um, virtually all of them do. And there's, I think, 50, 100 or so permitted uh, street vendors. Right. There's a bunch more that aren't, that just kind of show up and do their thing. Right. Uh, but of the so permitted there's ones. There's a whole litany of things and points of view about all of this. Yeah. But yes, indeed. And, and I won't we're, we're just going to say much there, but. we love the street vendors and our street food and food life in New York City and whatever we can do to make it better for everybody. For sure. We want to do. And so. as you walk down the street uh, in Manhattan, you will hear the hum of these generators yeah. and there's there's uh, health effects for everybody. Yeah. And health to the point for... of the people who are, who are standing in these tiny little metal boxes yes. all day long. I mean, exactly. It's amazing. I mean, there's sometimes when I will only buy coffee or a tea from a truck because, I mean, Starbucks has plenty of money. You know, the little coffee shops are great. But, you know, if I just want a tea, like a tea with milk, the guy in the truck, because he's been standing in that yeah. little box yeah. for 12, like 16 hours. hours a day. 12 to 16 hours a day is what they operate. So, yeah. Okay. It's their whole family livelihood. Yeah, so, so if you you're take, working with them, that's a really interesting project. Oh, it's fantastic, and and you know there's a lot of work to be done there because there is um, an ecosystem to think about mm -hmm. and people's lives, and um, there's certain infrastructure that needs to be in place to make right. the whole transition happen. Um, but we're actively working with them to make that happen. So when I look at that as an opportunity, just the 5,100 people and I, uh, 5,100 vendors carts, and we do the same calculation. They're not running as heavy equipment as uh, as Eric is. So if they're burning probably something more like five gallons of fuel a day. And it's more likely unleaded gas, not diesel, which burns a little bit cleaner. It's more like 19 and a half pounds of CO2. But if you do the same calculation, and those guys are actually running usually 365 days a year, they mm -hmm. don't stop, frankly. No. But if you just took the 300 days a year, um, a single vendor would do about 30,000 pounds. And there's 200 of them that you're going to work 50, with. 5,100 total in the city. So oh if, to give you an example, uh, we'd love oh, to work with all of them. you said 5,100. 5,100. I thought you said okay. 5,200. Yeah, yeah 5,100. Wow. So you take 5,100 times the 30,000. I heard 30, the same thing. 000. I thought it was like a smaller like <laughs> test group. So yeah. 5,100 food vendors. street mm -hmm. vendors in New York City, five boroughs. Yes, the permitted ones. And of course, permitted you ones. put that number much higher if you <laughs> go the other way. Yes. And so so if you just were to replace those 5,100 at the permitted um, vendors, 30,000 times 5,100 equals, uh, I did some math on it earlier, 149, uh, I'm going to round it below, 150 million pounds mm. per year. Per year. Just from the permitted Manhattan Amazing. Ones. So in six and a half years, you asked how long it would take. Six and a half years, just those 5,100 would create 1 billion pounds of CO2. Just those little tiny generators in Manhattan. Wow. Take those off the That's streets. That's like a magic trick math. So there's there's a huge um, rationale and reason to get that off for, for health reasons, for our, our planet, for everything. For everybody, so and even for New York City. We have yeah. millions of people just walking around the streets all day, which is why we have such a robust street vendor, food vendor economy. 
but we're all breathing all that yeah. mm-hmm. together. But we also. want it to remain and keep, that, keep that uniqueness. Exactly. Let's just do it clean and silent. Exactly. And healthy. So it'll be nice. That's, you know, when you, when we add up the numbers and we talk about numbers in that way that you can just get to a billion like that, you were right very quickly, then it's, it's really breathtaking. Is the whole impetus of Jewel Case environmental? I think for the most part, um, it is. There's a better way to do things. Uh, I joined the company um, after its founding, of course. But our founders, absolutely, uh, they have electrical engineering backgrounds and have just seen that there's a better way to do things. The internal combustion engine is uh, pollutes. It's not sustainable for our future. So uh, it was definitely built on that premise of, of doing the right thing and, and uh, stewardship. Scream Truck, what was your primary driver to starting the company? Honestly, it was that. Lie to me. I'm, I'll lie. Let me lie first, though. <laughs> Honestly, it was it was that every ice cream truck you see now has been doing the same thing for a hundred years. It's the exact same truck. The also. business model has not the same changed. Thing, everything, it's the same the menus, the stuff. Crappy product. Mm-hmm. Honestly, there's one or chemicals two and everything. Points of light. Yeah, I think of Big Gay Ice Cream Truck in New York because they were awesome. Awesome. one of the first uh, pioneers of, of food truck life. Yeah, I, I mean, I think in the early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a really beloved thing in America, at least. The ice cream truck is just one of those things people have a great a memory nostalgia of. for. Yeah, but even if you didn't have an ice cream truck as a kid. If you didn't, then it's even, even if you didn't, I oh, think even it's, if you didn't, yes, even if you didn't, people have a nostalgia for it and a Definitely. love for it because so, it's just so it's just so prevalent. Yeah, the ice cream truck in our neighborhood was just a beat up, you know, billowing black smoke out the backside, and you know, giving out prepackaged chemical filled, you know, quote unquote ice cream. It's not ice cream. By the way, fun fact: Did you know that ice cream is not legally ice cream if there's not at least 10% milk fat in it. I did not know that. So like Dairy Queen, Sonic, mm-hmm. McDonald's, all those places do not call their... Fro- are they frozen custard? No, they call it frozen soft serve because soft they serve. can't call it ice cream. Got it. Theirs is about 6% milk fat. So anyway, our we have a premium product. We carry, you know, Ghirardelli sauces. We carry a awesome... Uh, waffle cone from the Conery in Brooklyn. Mm. Another really down the, awesome. Down the road. Yep, she's a great um, partner of ours. We are starting to carry a really great cookie dough from um, a woman and her husband who run a company called Dope D O U G H P. Okay. She was on Shark Tank actually. Oh, um, and, I love Shark Tank. Yeah, so she's an incredible partner. We're just always looking for creative and better oper- or better products for the ice cream truck versus just what it's been for a hundred years. And also we're not going around and cruising neighborhoods and hoping that people come out to the truck. Right. So it's a better but business that model. That model doesn't work you anymore. You have surefire sales. Surefire sales. That's our, our software basically guarantees us the revenue every day. Cause if we don't get enough, we text your neighborhood and we don't get enough to fill that route. We just text another neighborhood, and we there text another neighborhood, mm-hmm. so we can always fill and those then you routes. Find your, to... find your people. Yep, exactly. I will say that I was born and raised in Hawaii, and I don't really remember ice cream trucks. But what I do just have very distinct memories of as a child is there was a ice, a physical ice cream truck, the ice cream truck that had the song and the music, which I'm assuming is somehow tied into like the car or something like that, or the vehicle itself. 
and would come on my block after school, same time, had the sound, the thing, and because it's Hawaii and it's a little bit of a different food culture, it was uh, Chinese dim sum, like afternoon snacks, Whoa. so like steamers, so you could get like pork buns and That's rice cakes and awesome. that kind of thing. So we had that. We had that truck that was also at the school bus stop sometimes. And then also um, in Hawaii, they have the shave ice. Yeah. Where it's um, shaved ice in a cone and then different syrups on top, different flavors. Yep. Sometimes you put things in the bottom of the cone, like sweet red azuki beans or mm. um, snacks like that. And so the um, shave ice would be in trucks also, but... And those would come regularly to your... They would. They came down the neighborhood. They would also be parked at the school bus stop. Mm. There was a actual sort of bus stop just for school buses, um, kind of centrally located, and they would be there. But I, my memories of that ice cream truck, the physical truck and the song, yeah. my first memories of that are in Hawaii, and it's after school, and it's like pork buns. That's... Cool. Yeah. That's so maybe like you can like really branch out. Story. Maybe you can like no, branch out to different things. That's the plan. That's the plan. We're um, our you software. Have, like the Aloha truck. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. We have a lot of ideas. Um, we're definitely going to trademark do... that right now. I can be a consultant. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> we are out of time. Um, we're out of time for recording this episode. Um, we are not out of time for sitting in studio at Roberta's and finishing our pizza. So. Thank you for listening, and um, sorry you're not eating pizza, but you could come down to Bushwick and come to Roberta's in the Tiki Bar. I do think they also sell Roberta's frozen pizzas at supermarkets near you. We love Roberta's. They've been a supporter of Heritage Radio for a really long time. And they do have pizza trucks, but I believe they are wood-fired. Interesting. Like with a trailer or wood-fired on the truck? I believe you can even see them outside oh, parked cool. in front of the pizza shop. Go check them out. Yeah, we can check them out. Um, I want to thank Eric with Stream Scream Truck for coming. If you are interested in learning more about that and possibly even being a franchisee later in we're gonna, we're 2024, perhaps? Yeah, we're, we're starting in July. Uh, our offering will go out in July. So we'll okay, July of 2023. Yes. So yep. moments from now. Yep. So that's screamtruck.com, easy. And I want to thank Justin from Jewel Case. Saving the world from, from billions and billions of pounds of CO2. Jewelcase.com. J-O-U-L-E. Thank yeah, you. Yes. Thank like you. Energy. I was just going to say right. that. Exactly. Right. Saving it from all that sound, too. That horrible buzzing sound we all hear. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> terrible. So much pollution. You know, I'm, I'm more and more aware of the fact that so many of the food tech companies that we have on the show most of the founders and most of the companies exist because of an environmental concern. Even mm. when we're talking about plant-based proteins or, you know, oat milk ice cream, not ice cream, oat milk frozen dessert. Yeah. Soft serve. <laughs> frozen um, concoction. Uh, lab cell grown. Strawberries. Shrimps or chocolate or any of those things hydroponic tomatoes it's all based on people wanting to make sure the planet and environment are doing okay by slowing things down and changing the ways we do things um, and people are coming at it to solve the problem from a lot of different ways so maybe we save a billion pounds of 
CO2 on one side and, you know, another company saves, you know, a million pounds here and a million pounds there. You made the analogy of a Formula One race car. And in Formula One, if you haven't watched it, watch Drive to Survive on Netflix or watch some of the races. They're spectacular, very exciting. Heroes and villains and fast cars. When will that go electric, I wonder? Like, oh, well, I mean, I don't know. Why, why don't you ask? Is it? I would just ask Toto Wolf because he probably knows. <laughs> <laughs> they, the engineers of the cars and the crews and everyone, they're working on these cars and the they're not going to save a minute or five minutes or they're not looking to make the car go a hundred miles faster. They're really working in very, very small fractions of seconds and percentages. A Formula One pit stop is two seconds. So if they want to make that faster, it's going to be like by a hundred tenth of a second and someone could potentially win a race by tiny, tiny fractions. So you have all these people working on one solution hoping to save, you know, a hundredth of a point here, a tenth of a point there. And so when you put all those small parts together, then you get, you know, the checkered flag and you're on the podium. So I think a lot of it is is like that. It's interesting. The longer we do the show, um, it doesn't matter if it's an ice cream truck or energy or a plant-based burger. It's all kind of cycling back to the environment, which is really interesting. Um, I want to thank Eric and Justin for coming on the show, for being the first guest, especially Justin, who wins the award this year for coming from the furthest away. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I was going to say Jersey, but, you know, you haven't beat because you got a, you got on a plane. Let's see more of that. If you're out there listening to this and you're invited on the show, you want to come on the show, get on the plane, take the time, come yeah. to Roberta's. It's absolutely worth it. You it won't is. regret it. It makes the conversation so much better. The pizza is amazing. Of course, Jennifer's a great hostess. Oh, we love him. <laughs> and you are going to absolutely get invited back when you're back in town and you're working on your New York City street vendor project. That is a story that's really interesting about the meeting of food and technology and following a story like that from the beginning as you walk through it um, is fascinating, even if it's something that is going to take a year or two years or three years to complete. We've been on the air since 2015, so we've got time. We do. And Heritage Radio Network has been on the air for coming up on 15 years, so we really have time. <laughs> um, but we would love to have you back to hear about that. We'd love to have you back on the show as you know things happen in the ice cream truck tech space. I just want to co-host one. Like, not necessarily about Scream Truck, just like, this is like, I'm back in my radio days. I'm like, I can feel it. I'm like, feeling like I'm back on the air. You you Excited. are back on the air. I know. You actually are back on I the know. air. And you were a co-guest. But I want to do a live one. I have to find out when we're going to do live. It used to be, it has a slightly different patina to it and a slightly different energy. Mm-hmm. It's almost identical to this, but the fact that you know that somebody somewhere is listening to it right now gives you a little bit of a yeah uh, electric jolt. Definitely, you know, power and energy. There we go. Bring exactly. it back. Exactly. Exactly. So the first time I, I was on Z100 in New York, they were in Secaucus, New Jersey. So Z100 Secaucus just doesn't a have little, the same feel to it. A little tiny it? studio in Secaucus, and I just remember thinking like. There's one million people listening right now. Like it was intimidating thinking about, to your point, like someone, someone's listening. Not only someone, but like a million people are listening right now. It was, uh, and the and the program director came in and said, right before I had to crack the mic for the first time, he was like, 
don't fuck it up. <gasps> Sorry, we're on internet radio here, so we can say whatever we want. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. I think they were like, "Have a good show." Yeah, no. <laughs> good luck. I, I mean, Break he was—he was a friend. I knew him for a long time, so he was, you know, sort of kidding, but sort of not. Not so kidding. It was, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an intimidating thing. Well, I want to thank Eric and Justin for coming on the show. I want to thank Roberta's for being our home and the great, great pizza. I want to thank my engineer, tall man, Armin. <laughs> Armin. For doing Armin. the work and making everybody sound fantastic. I want to thank our members, our listeners, our sponsors. You know, if you like Tech Bytes, come back and see us next week. If you really love it, go to your favorite podcasting platform like Spotify or iTunes, subscribe to it, like it, give us some stars. It'll help more people discover the show. If you really think it's important to tell these stories, to put a spotlight on some of the things that are happening in the world and to have conversations and record them and keep them so we can share them, Go to heritageradionetwork.org, click the beating heart, and, you know, make a donation. Maybe give us whatever you spent on your last ice cream. pizza. Ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Battery. That'd be a nice donation. <laughs> it would be. I'm Jennifer Leutzi, and this is Tech Bites. Tech Bites is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org forward slash subscribe.